For the past month of December, we've been talking about the names Jesus was given at birth. Not just the name Jesus, but He was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Christ, which means the Anointed One. And then this week, and they shall call Him Jesus. So now we're going to talk about Jesus. Matthew 1 verse 21 says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call His name Jesus for... Remember when you see the word for, you can substitute the word because. That preposition as well. Because He will save His people from their sins. Now, Jesus is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Yeshua. And in English, how would we say Yeshua? Joshua. There were two Joshuas in the Old Testament. Only two. Each of these Joshuas is a foreshadowing of Jesus. Each of these Joshuas represents something about Jesus. There was a Joshua who was the captain of Israel when he, went, when he led them into the promised land. And there is a Joshua who was the high priest of Israel when they were coming back into the promised land after the captivity. And so we're going to look at both those Joshuas and we're going to look at what it means that his name is called Jesus. Here's what it means. Number one, he saves us from the dominion of sin. He saves us from the dominion of sin. Now, we talked about there are two Joshuas in the Old Testament. Probably when we first said Joshua, you probably thought of the first one, which is Moses' successor. You remember? That's the Joshua most of us think of because he's the most famous or the most well-known. He has the most references in the Bible as well. So that's probably the one you thought of. But what you might not have known about that Joshua is that he was not born with the name Joshua. His name was changed to Joshua. Numbers chapter 13, verse 16 says, These are the names of the men, it had just listed 12 names, whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Hoshea was his birth name. That's what his mother called him. And what that means is salvation. Moses put the prefix J-E on the front of it, Jehoshua. Jehoshua, Hoshea, Hoshua. He put that on there because the Jah represents God or Jehovah. So he changed his name from salvation to God is salvation. And if you, if you want to know how he began to be called Joshua, rather than Jehoshua, because that's actually what Moses called him, Jehoshua, if you just say it fast, you'll figure out how he eventually began to be known as Joshua. In other words, Jehoshua, 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 Joshua. Okay. That's my theological explanation of how that happened, all right, over a period of years. So he's named Joshua. Here's the thing I want you to understand. He succeeds Moses. He comes after Moses. And what is Moses famous for? Moses gave the children of Israel something that they talked about it for years. What did Moses give them? The law. The Ten Commandments. And Joshua comes afterward. Now let me show you a scripture. It's interesting because each of these Old Testament Joshuas represents something about the New Testament Joshua. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Joshua. In other words, grace comes after the law. Grace and truth comes. Salvation. God is salvation. Comes after the law. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus can do for you what the law can't do. The law can't take you into the promised land. The law can only lead you to Jesus. 
But Jesus is the one. God is salvation. Salvation is of God. It's not of you. It's not of you trying to do the right thing. It's not of you trying to do everything perfect or living the perfect life. Let me tell you what it is. It's of you submitting to the perfect one. That's what salvation is. The reason that sin doesn't have dominion over us is because we're under grace, under Joshua, not under law, not under Moses. Here's another scripture. Romans 6.14 For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but under grace. The only way that you will ever get victory over sin is to submit your life to the Lordship of Christ. That's the only way. God is our salvation. Now, Joshua 5. Everyone there? Let me tell you something about this earthly Joshua before we read this. This earthly Joshua met the heavenly Joshua. This earthly Joshua, the one that followed Moses, that led the children of Israel in the promised land, met the heavenly Joshua. Watch this. Joshua 5, verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho... That he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him. I would have gone the other way, personally. And said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? Now watch this. Are you for us or for them? So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. wonder who the commander of the army of the Lord is. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. This is Jesus. That's who he's meeting here. Now, you might not have caught this, but you have to catch it to catch the truth behind this. Joshua asked a question, and you have to see Jesus' answer to that question. Here's the question Joshua asked. Are you for us or for them? What was the first word of the commander of the Lord's army's answer? What was the first word that he said? No. That's a strange answer. Let me give you an illustration. When you go to McDonald's, they have been trained to ask you, do you want fries or an apple pie with that? And by the way, the correct answer is no. I will confess, though, sometimes the correct answer is yes. (laughs) Would you like fries or an apple pie? Yes, I'd like both, please. (laughs) And don't you have that two apple pies for a dollar deal going on? I'd like three apple pies. Okay, sometimes. In the first 40 days of next year, the answer is no, by the way. All right. That's a strange answer. Here's what he's saying. He said, are you for us or for them? Here's what Jesus said. No. No. I'm not for you and I'm not for them. Listen carefully. Here's what he's saying. I'm not here to take sides. I'm here to take over. I'm not here to get on your side. I'm here to get you on my side. And that's the only way we're going to win this. And he takes his shoes off. Which, by the way, is a sign of slavery. Slaves didn't have shoes. The first thing that a nation did when they conquered another nation was they took all their shoes away from them. It's the first thing he did. So he shows up as captain of the army. He says, I'm not here to be on your side, Joshua. I'm here to take over 
And if you believe it and if you'll receive it, take your shoes off and become my slave. And he takes his shoes off. Listen to me. The only way that you will ever have victory over sin is to become a slave of the commander of the Lord's army. That's the only way. Not to get him on your side, but for you to get on his side. So that's the first thing he does. He saves us from the dominion of sin. Here's the second thing that he does. He saves us from the guilt of sin. He saves us from the guilt of sin. Now, go to Zechariah chapter 3. And this is the other Joshua in the Old Testament. Again, a foreshadow, a type of the New Testament, Joshua, Jesus, which is the Messiah. Alright? By the way, this earthly Joshua met the heavenly Joshua also. (laughs) This is amazing. Kind of like the same person wrote the whole book. Zechariah 3, verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Not an angel, but the messenger of the Lord. And Satan standing on his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. And was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Now, here's a few reasons why we know that this is Jesus. One is because the Bible only refers to Jesus in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord. The angel. This is the way Jesus referred to himself. I'm the messenger that the Father sent down from heaven. I'm the one. I am the, I'm not a messenger, I am the messenger. But here's another way we know that this is Jesus. Because he said, I, I have removed your iniquity from you. And let me explain something to you. There's only one that can remove your iniquity from you. There's only one. No angel can do that. Only the Son of God can do that. This is an incredible picture of salvation. It's a wonderful picture of salvation. He said, I have removed your iniquity. I have removed. The key word here is removed. Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That is the key word that he has removed. Now, how could he put new clothes on him unless he takes the old clothes away? See, he had to remove the filthy garments to put the new clothes on him. And then he even tells him exactly what he did. I have removed your iniquity from you. I was reading one time in Romans. And it says that God has declared us, God has declared us not guilty. God has declared us not guilty. Now, I'm reading that, and the Lord, you know, I have these conversations with the Lord. Not out loud, just in my heart. I read that, the Lord has declared us not guilty. And I kind of do like this, kind of like, hmm, and then go on. And the Lord says to me, wait, wait a minute. What's that, hmm? And I said, well... I know that you have declared me not guilty. And I appreciate that, Lord. I really appreciate it. But you and I know the truth. That's what I told him. You and I know the truth. I mean, I appreciate that you have declared me not guilty. But you and I know that I really am guilty. It's very difficult for me to tell you, but you've probably had this experience. Have you ever gotten the Lord... Mad? <laughs> you know, you say something and he gets upset with you? Okay, that's what happened. He got upset. 
he said to me, I am not unjust. I mean, it was so strong. I am not unjust like that. Well, wait, I didn't say you were unjust. Yes, you did. You said I declared you not guilty, but you're really guilty. And the Lord said to me, here's what you did. You just called me a liar. You just said that I lied, that I said you were not guilty, but you really are guilty. And this is what he said to me. I can't declare you not guilty if you are guilty. The only way I can declare you not guilty is if you're not guilty. And so I said to the Lord, well, how then am I not guilty? And he said, you still don't get it, do you? I took all of your sin off of you. I took it off of you and I put it on my son, Jesus. So when I looked at the two of you, I declared him guilty, and he died for those sins. And I looked at you with no sin, because I removed it as far as the east is from the west. And I declared you not guilty. So I can't declare you not guilty if you are. You really aren't guilty in my sight. That's good news. Isn't that good news? Now, here, let me just say it another way. When Jesus took the filthy garments off of Joshua, what did he do with them? Listen. He put them on. That's what he did. He took the filthy garments off of him, off of Joshua, off of this person who's representing all of us in this room. And he put them on himself. And then he paid the price for our sins. And he has removed them now because he paid the price. Justice has been satisfied. He's removed them as far as the east is from the west. Because justice has been completely satisfied. Now, let me remind you who this Joshua is. This is the the Joshua who's the high priest... When Israel was coming back into the promised land after going into bondage, after sinning, and because they sinned, they went into bondage. Okay, two Joshua's in the Old Testament. One's the captain of the army. The other's the high priest. These represent Jesus. He's the captain and he's the high priest. But let me tell you the good news. Most of us here are believers. Most of us here have given our lives to Jesus and so we're believers. All right. For those of you who are believers, let me ask you something. Have you done anything wrong since you believed? Because some of you were a little slow on that one. Just ask your spouse. She can help you. Here's the great news about our Joshua. Not only do we have a Jesus... Who can bring us to God. But we have a Jesus. Who can bring us back to God. Even as believers. When we fall and make a mistake. We have a high priest. And that high priest. Covers us with his blood. And brings us. Back to God. If you're here tonight. And you need to come back to God. Jesus can save you from your sins. If you're here tonight and you need to come to God, Jesus can save you from your sins. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying?